Why not see what all the fuss is about and visit Arcade Club at the UK's largest classic video and pinball arcade. Now open Saturdays and Sundays. Search Arcade Club on Google or Facebook to find them, or see links in the podcast notes on our site. Hello, in the blue corner we have Victor Marland, a.k.a. Vertvic, and in the red corner we have... Uh, Mr. Sean In Your Face Holly, weighing in at £197. This is the Tenpence Arcade Podcast. Welcome. How are you doing, Vic? You alright? I'm not bad, old son. Not bad at all. I had quite a good week. And yourself? Yes, I had an excellent week. Weekend. You always do, because you live near that big arcade that I can't get to. I know. Darn it. Anyway, can you tell me what you've been up to? I can, yes. I've been to the lovely, lovely arcade club today, actually. Yes. Oh, oh. Yes. Today. Yes. Yes. Okay. Sunday. Because it is open Sunday now, isn't it? It's open Sunday now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I finished. Not today. I didn't. Uh, the other day, last week, I finished Sega Rally for the first time. Oh, hold on. Well done. It's always you... good CC in a game, isn't it? Yeah, you've got to do the first two tracks extremely quick, and that gives you a couple more seconds at the start of the third track, which is the expert one, the mountain one. Oh, okay, brilliant. Brilliant, yeah. I love, awesome. I love it again. I've been playing it quite a bit. That. So what you need to do now is go on to Sega Rally 2, try and complete that. Yeah, they haven't got that. Oh, well, it won't be long before they have it, surely. <laughs> I know, probably, yeah. You know what they're like. Hmm. Um, also, I had an awesome night at the Batcave last night. Oh, yeah, first Saturday of the month, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, shooter-wise, because I only play shooters there, Giga Wing 2 on a big projector. Ooh. Was that on a console or an arcade machine? It was on a Sega uh, Dreamcast. Dreamcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think I've got that on Naomi hardware. I think it is, isn't it? Yeah. Mm, it's a good game, actually. Good, good shooter. I was playing 1942 on the Saturn badly, because it was a pad, and I'm used to a stick on 1942. Oh, is that on a compilation on the Saturn, then? Yeah, it's called Capcom Classics or Capcom Generation, something like that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that one, yeah, mm. absolutely. And also, Superstar Soldier. Yeah? It's a PC Engine game, but I was playing it on a Raspberry Pi 2. Ooh. And it, that machine looks really good. It's, it's got RetroPi distribution running on it. Yeah. And I think I'm going to invest in one of them because the emulation is spot on. Yeah, I've got two of the old ones. We use them as um, as TV servers, you know, like the Apple Apple TV and Google TV and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, I and did. We use them just for that, and they were good. Um, and I think they used to run emulation okay on older stuff, but the new ones have come on leaps and bounds, haven't they? They're way better now. Mm. You can, I think you can even emulate PlayStation on those pretty well. Yeah, I think anything up to, like, yeah, early 90s PlayStation games, it'll do pretty well. I think it does Dreamcast as well. Wow, and those tiny little things about the size of a credit card. Yeah. Wow. Well, for myself, I have uh, been messing about with the Asteroids Cabaret, been making the insides so it can hold on to the, the PCBs, because all those bits were missing inside, so they're all nicely secure in there. Yes. And I've been trying to fit in uh, the Space Jewel PCB, but found out it was actually longer than an Asteroids or an Asteroids Deluxe PCB, so it won't go in the same position it would have normally in the cab. Right. So I have to position it on the other side of the machine and make a loom that goes across it. And the thing with the debacle on the Space Chill PCB, <laughs> remember it came from Choo Choo Arcade in yeah. Chattanooga in America, and it came with loads of bits squashed on it, and it, there was a big thing going on where they sent the wrong one and they didn't send it, and they were going to give me a refund. Well, long story short, uh, they sent this bent one, this sort of squashed one, and I said, what's going on? 
And they said, okay, we'll give you a refund. A couple of days went by, no refund. I said, oh, what's going on here? Asked them again. Oh, yeah, yeah, we thought we'd given it to you. We've been busy. Okay, another couple of days went on. No refund. Have you given this refund? Oh, really sorry. We've run into you now. Um, we had to shut the store down because there was a terrorist attack nearby. <laughs> wow. Honestly. And I thought, oh, hold on a minute. That's a bit rich. And I looked it up. There was actually a serious terror attack in, uh, in Chattanooga in America, which wow. was a few blocks away from their thing. So I just sent back a message saying, okay, I've received the, uh, the refund. Thanks very much. Hope you and your staff are okay. No one's hurt. No, no, no problem. But what a week. So that's it now. You know, I've got my, my money back and I've got a PCB which may or may not work. I haven't really tested it yet. I, I don't hold much hope for it, but I need yeah. to order some, um, some Molex pins, which are tiny little pins you're going to plug to mm. get some extra voltage from the power brick, the main power on the, on the machine to the AR2 to give it a certain voltage for the game to run. So I've got to, uh, I've got to mess about with that a little bit. Yeah. And make some looms up and just try it. If it works, I'm going to make a proper loom and get it in there and it will work hopefully. Excellent. I'm really mm. looking forward to that because, because that cabinet, I really like that. Uh, and I want to get another game in there. I've got Asteroids Deluxe in there at the moment and I will get Asteroids one day. Uh, yep. It's not a not difficult PCB to get hold of. And, and having Space Duel in, that's three really cool Asteroids E type games. The, the, tr- the three true Asteroids games, I think. Because then Blastoids came later, which wasn't a vector game, etc., cetera, et cetera. Mm. So it'd be nice to get all those three games in there just so, you know, you can swap them around quite quickly. Awesome. I was listening to, I think it was the Pie Factory podcast, mm, and and they they said that Space Duel was a kind of sequel. I don't know if it is an official sequel to Asteroids. It, and was, Asteroids it was never Duel. mentioned as an official sequel, but it's a very similar game. It uses the same controls, uh, but it's colour, and you do the same sort of thing. You're a little ship, yeah. but you've got another ship attached to you. That's that's the the big thing about it. And you shoot things, and they go smaller, and, and you know you you shoot different things like in Asteroids. So it's a very similar game, but a bit mm. snazzier, I think. I never saw it in an arcade, did you? Never, ever saw it. I, I have seen it in, in personal arcades, but never back in the day. I know people have mm. had the machine. It's a really nice machine to play as well. It's all in the colour version, which obviously mine won't be, because it's, it's going in a black and white cab. It's really nice. But all the, all the colour games look nice in Vectors. Mm. I've also been uh, banging away at Kung Fu Master. Yeah! And uh, I still haven't managed to do it yet. Still haven't managed. I'm very close. I keep getting to Mr. X, you know, the yellow guy at the end. Yeah. And the one that gets me is the magician who fires the fireballs at you. But if you get him in a corner and just pummel him in the chest with your, your fist, your tiny fists of fury, yes. you can usually get him quite quick. But he's the, the stumbling block. Then the next guy's easy. And then Mr. X, he's very difficult. He hits you like once and you're dead. So you've got to be careful. Is that why it's called Spartan X? I think it is, yeah. And it's something to do with a, a Bruce Lee film or a tie-in. Because yeah. my PCB is actually a Spartan X one, not a Kung Fu mm. Master. It's actually got a Spartan... That's the only difference, is that it's a title screen. It's all in English, still, not Japanese. Oh. But this PCB, I actually successfully modded it. I used the, the, the ROMs that um, our excellent hacker on the UK VAC forum, Sea Monkey, changed. Yes. Remember to make the guy jump kick easier? Yeah. And it actually works. I got it in the right, the right, you've got to put it in the middle stack of the PCB. And I was putting in the top one, which wasn't working. It was making all the gr- background go corrupt. Right. But that modification allows you to jump kick easier. You, d- you don't need such a pause between jump kicks, but it doesn't yeah. make the game any easier, I don't think. It just makes it more fun to play, I think. So I used to jump kick quite a bit. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it's really good. It's excellent work of theirs to get it going and everything. And it's working really nice. Excellent. Mm. Mr. X is a turd, though. I don't like him. <laughs> in his, his yellow pyjamas. <laughs> Harumph. 
Uh, wasn't there a yellow guy in, in a chair in a Bruce Lee film? Oh, I don't know. I haven't watched Bruce Lee for a long, long time. He had re- long legs. Ooh, well, so is this guy, actually. He keeps pummeling me and then laughing in my face. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, cheers, That's very so. good, that. Very good, that. Yes. Uh, also, as we just talked about, listen to the Pike Fa- Factory podcast, and um, one of the hosts, Sean, didn't know that Phoenix, they just reviewed Phoenix, had a shield button. <laughs> and she would wow. take some time out to uh, laugh at him and point. Shall we? <laughs> Noob. <laughs> <laughs> Poor bloke, he didn't know. I think he was busy playing it on the Atari 2600 years ago. You you pull back on the joystick to make the, the barrier work? I like that better, that, actually, pulling back on the joystick. Because yeah. on the 2600, on asteroids, if you pull back on that, uh, certain versions of the game, you know you've got different uh, select games, yeah. you can you can have a shield on that if you pull back, or if you pull back, you hyperspace. Ah, oh, that's good. Which is quite a good idea, actually. It's quite a good version, wasn't it, from what I remember? Yeah. Absolutely. Mm, they mm. also said on the podcast they reckon that Phoenix has got annoying sounds. I and don't... I quite like that. Oh, I think we should get Fraser Crane's opinion on that. And what should they do? Get out! I said, get out! Get out! <laughs> I also went to Sergeant Sarge. Sir, yes, sir. Yes. On Saturday uh, to drop off some Nomi bits for a build he's doing, and give him some Galaxian boards because he's got some kits off of Mike Coates' Macro to make. Uh, multi-Galaxians. It plays about 19 different games on Galaxian hardware. Yeah. They're really cool kits. Um, my, Macro used to sell these, but he's, he sold us some kits we can do them ourselves, do all the work ourselves. But the two boards I sent to Sarge uh, weren't working. I think one has been hacked to play a four-play version of Galaxian, which has got four different, slightly different games on it, and one wasn't working. I knew there was something wrong with them, but he got the first one working in the first, in the, in the first couple of hours. I got home, and he sent me a picture with it working. So, mm, wow. Sarge is going to get one of these, and this is a new thing. That's a Sarge ping. It's a resonant ping. It's a Sarge ping reserved for Sarge. Oh, he's got his own pinger, that is He's got awesome. his own ping. I haven't got him. my own pinger. I know, neither have I. <laughs> I also picked up a trackball for myself, for my Naomi machine, which is a really low-profile one. It's a smaller one than normal. Yep. Because he got it off some bits of a, of a, a Naomi pool game. And I also got um, a, a spinner for your build as well. Brilliant. So I should be doing that as soon as possible. So I've got all the bits to do it now. I've just got to do a bit of filing and a bit of mm. finishing off on it and just wire it all up. And I shall send it to your little self. Thank you very much. I'll look forward to that. And yes. we can play something like Reactor or something that's a trackball game. Can we try? Ah, of course, yeah. It's a wicked game. Yeah, I'm yeah. really looking forward to some of these trackball games because playing with a mouse just doesn't seem right. You can no, play, but they're, the they're not really arcade. You can't play an arcade with a mouse, can you? No. That was never a thing. No. And I got to talk to Alex the other day. Alex came round. He went on a raid recently, uh, which has been in some of the UK VAC forums, and uh, he bought a load of uh, PCBs back with him, and he didn't know what they were. So I was helping him test them out, because I've got uh, a few different adapters and stuff, and some of them we couldn't really test. So what I did is I pulled a single ROM chip off of the, the boards, Put them in my reader and compare them to ROM, to MAME, and it tells you what ROMs they are if it recognises them from MAME. Ah, oh, that's clever. So we found a few different games out, and none of them were really interesting or worth building an adapter for, and some, a lot of them didn't work. He had a time pilot that was just about working. By the time I pushed and prodded a few things, that was working okay. Uh, not sure if it was an original. It looked like an original, but it was different to my one, which doesn't work, because time pilot originals never work. They're just not very good. And he had a 
couple of scramble looking boards. One had Mighty Monkey on it, which is quite a rare PCB. Good little yeah. game as well. So well, we used to have that in the, sh- in the youth club when I was a kid. So that was a good little game. It wasn't working, but what had happened is on the screen, it had ROM 8 bad, but it also had a, a, a random sprite on there. And we recognised the sprite from it. Well, no, that's that monkey game. Yeah. And when I, pulled, <laughs> when I pulled a chip out, it was actually that. And he also had on the same hardware uh, an Amadar game, which wasn't working either. Right. But I think they're quite easy to fix if you're that, that way inclined. So hopefully you should get them mm. fixed. He adds a Galaxian board, which he gave to me, which is very interesting. And we shall talk about that in a minute. Right. Because he said to me, after testing these, you can have a game if you want. I said, okay. And there was one there called Super Cobra, which was the follow-up to Scramble. Yes, yeah. And that was nearly working. A bit of a graphics corruption, and the sound was going in and out. But it was it was working otherwise. The game was working. So I had that off him. Cheers, Alex. And I said, oh, do you want some money for this Galaxian? He said, no, no, have it. So that was really nice of him to give me the Galaxian as well. And the Galaxian, it said on there it had been converted. It said it was King Kong bootleg. I thought, oh, it's a crazy Kong. You know, rubbish old uh, yeah. Donkey Kong rubbish sort of remake bootleg, which never yeah. doesn't play anything like Donkey Kong. And I thought, oh, I'll wire it up because I need, I need to make an adapter for Galaxian anyway. By the time Sarge gets these, these boards working, I'm going to need an adapter anyway to play, you know, the multi-game. So I made an adapter. It took me ages. I kept wiring it around the wrong way. That is one of the things. When you make an adapter, you can do really easily. You start from the wrong end. Right. And what yeah. I was doing is my jammer heart, my jammer printout that I was using, I had it the wrong way around in my mind. And then when I worked mm. out I got that wrong, I was actually doing the other end wrong as well. So I was building the thing perfectly, but 180 degrees out. I have a lot of things wrong in my mind. Vic. Absolutely. And I that was have. completely wrong. So it took me quite a while to make it. But in the end, I got there, did it. And I plugged it into the, the, the game and plugged it onto the, into a jammer machine and it looked like it was working, partially working. I thought, oh, brilliant. And I looked at it and thought, this isn't Crazy Kong. Hold on a minute. This is Donkey Kong. Cause you can tell the graphics are quite a bit different from Crazy and Donkey yeah. Kong. Yeah. I was looking at it and the colors are all wrong. I mean, Paulie was yellow. It looked like she'd been up to no good with Pac-Man. And, um, <laughs> the graphics are sort of different colors, but it was definitely Donkey Kong graphics and it does the bit at the start, but it had no, no mention of Nintendo on it. And when you wait for it to cycle through the, the track screen, it actually said Crazy Kong rather than Donkey Kong. So I thought, I've never seen this Crazy Kong bootleg in MAME before. So I looked through all the MAMEs, and it wasn't there. And I sent a picture to Sarge, and he said, oh, that's not Crazy Kong. That looks." And he said, oh, that's that's quite a unique one. Don't think it's in MAME. So if it isn't in MAME, I should be sending the ROMs off to get um, to get put into MAME. So hopefully it'll work. But another weird thing about it is the levels aren't quite the same either. I've never seen different levels like this. On the first level, you've got the girders and you've got the, the ladders going up. You know, you've got some broken ladders that so you can't go up. Yeah. Well, some of the ladders actually grow and shrink. So when you're halfway uh. up and if they shrink, you can't, you've got, you're stuck. And when they grow again, you can grow, you can climb up them. Uh, one of the other levels does that, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, the pie factory. The one where you go, just go to the top quickly. The top right hand ladder does it and you've got to wait and then zip up at the end. But this one, yeah. about four different ladders were doing it. And then when you go to the elevator level, you know, you've got to sort of go up the the elevators and miss the springs at the top. Well, for a start, on the first time you get there, it's the Japanese layout as well, so it goes one, two, three, four. Yeah. There's two springs to start with. Normally there's only one on the first time you get there. And there was no fireball on the right-hand side either. And also the elevators going up and down were completely different the way they were moving. Right, yeah, perhaps you've got something a bit different then. And also, I'm just trying to remember what different ones there was, quite a few differences. On the level where you knock Kong off, when you knock all the rivets out on the rivet level, 
the, the usual thing on Donkey Kong hardware is you stand right next to his toe, and when you jump and move across, you get points for it, and you can't do it on this board. Mm. So they must have taken it out. So it's quite an interesting hack, but there's no yeah. sound on it either. So hopefully you get the sound working on it, and it'll be a worthwhile hack to get into Main. That's good, yeah. That'll, that'll be, be good. I'll be naming Main, naming Main, naming Main, something. Uh, before we go on, could I say happy birthday to my son, Luke Holly, who is 17 years old this day? In your face, Luke Holly, and happy birthday. He's had a nice pizza. 17 years ago, a little purple guy pops into the world. Excellent. And I said to the nurse, I said, is he supposed to be purple? And she said, yeah. And I said, does he remain purple? And she said, no. And he's oh. not purple now. We're well, okay. That's good. That's yeah, nice. Yeah. I have seen him, viewers, listeners. Yeah. He's not purple. And he's got a lot more hair than he did 17 years yeah, ago. Yeah, he's a long-haired, gangly youth. Yes. I've got one of them is. as well. He's a bit older. He's a <laughs> long-haired, gangly youth as well. <laughs> so that's what we've been up to. Yeah. Uh, let's do some arcade news from around the world and local areas. Right, we start with some sad news, actually. The heart of gaming in London was broken into a couple of weeks back. £5,000 worth of goods were stolen. No cabs, but mm. a lot of PS4s and games and yep. consoles. And So they put a, was it a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo out saying, please help us, we, we don't want to shut down, but this is going to cripple us. And yeah. the community response has been amazing. Yep, I think it, it did the £5,000 in the first day, didn't it? Yeah, and they've got people donating consoles and stuff to them, and, and they're so thankful. And it's just a, a mark of what a good scene it is, I think, it is, what we're it's in. It's really good. I was yeah. really impressed with that, and it gives you a bit of a warm feeling when something bad like that happens. And we know Mark. We've interviewed him before. He's a lovely bloke. Yeah. He, he tries to do as much as he can for the scene and, and gaming. And then a big, massive blow like this, it must have really you know put a down on it for him. And then all of a sudden, you get all these people helping again. And hopefully it's, it's brought him back again and brought the hog back. Stronger than ever. Stronger and better. And talking of helping, the Time Warp Arcade, I interviewed Stuart Tracy last time. Yes. He's got his Indiegogo campaign underway, so if you feel like supporting him, get some money down down to Bridgewater. He's after a few more cabs, isn't he? He has, yeah. He's just picked up... That'd be nice. I think he's just picked up Alien 3, the gun. Ooh. Is that good? I can't remember. I've never played it. It's more of a modern one, but it's got a big gun. Yeah. Yeah, like a machine gun kind Mm. of thing, hasn't it? Yeah. And as we, we sort of spoke about earlier with my uh, Kung Fu Master, the UK VAC hackers, which is what they're now called, have penetrated Kung Fu Master's defences and diagonal jumping works all the time. What up? Brilliant. And I think Sea Monkey should get one of these again. Nice. Awesome. Next. Tell me about it. Tell me about the Transformers Human Alliance game. Transformers Human Alliance, which has been out a couple of years, has been put inside a tumble dryer. This is mental in a good way. Yes. It's like an R360 machine. Do you remember them that used to spin around? I never saw one, but they are quite legendary. Um, I did see one, but I never went in it. Oh, I wish... if I'd, if, mm. Well, if I see this one, hopefully it'll be in one of the... There's uh, a Namco arcade in London right by Waterloo Bridge. And yeah. hopefully they'll have it, because it's a modern game, and it's more of a ride than a game. Hopefully they'll have it, and I'm going to have a go in it. It's it's like a gyroscope. You sit inside it, and it, it, it rotates you 360 degrees. You're upside down, inside out, upside down, and round the yeah. wrong way again. And it looks crazy. It's quite fast as well. Yeah. And, yeah, it looks really good. 
the game's quite entertaining. I've played I've played it a couple of times. Don't have your dinner before you go in it though. No, it's an on-rail shooter again, like most of the oh, modern it? games. But it's pretty decent. Yeah, it's got. It's got quite all I'll be doing is just wanging the joystick around, trying upside down. That's all I'll be doing. Yeah. I don't care about what's going on on the screen. <laughs> we also have from the Arcade Heroes site our friend Adam Pratt. We also have Angry Birds official coin up coming out. Oh Lord, gets everywhere, doesn't it? Yeah, there's been some bootlegs, but this is the first official coin up, and it's some kind of slingshot, and and the cabinet is eight foot long. It'd have to be that for to make it like you've got to be chucking birds around, surely, to to have a game like that. It couldn't work any other way, could it? Yeah, I think it's an actual physical slingshot oh, thing. That against, sounds interesting. And it fires like soft balls against the touch screen, something like that. Something Ooh, like that. that sounds quite mm. interesting, actually. Quite innov- mm. innovative, innovative, innovative. And the Luigi's Mansion game is also coming out as well. So we've put links in the show notes for them two bad boys. Please check them out. I love yeah. the Luigi's Mansion back on the old GameCube. Mm. What a game that was. Yes. Next one, Pixels, the movie. Oh, dear. It is out, but it's getting not very good reviews. Yeah. Patrick Scott Patterson, the, the famous guy from America who's kind of an arcade celebrity, mm-hmm. he says it's not too bad. He says, get your kids watching it. So there's a link to his review of the movie. Yeah. But I, I think it's what you make of it, isn't it? I know I'm someone prob- who's seen it. What do they think? Alex saw it at a preview uh, in Kingston, which is quite, I think he saw it there, my local decent cinema. They have previews, so they have people watching the film usually before it's even finished. You know, some scenes might be not quite there, and they might change a few things around, just for public opinion. And I think Alex saw it then with his son. His son loved it, because he's only a sort of young teenager. And Alex said it was really good, but because Alex chose this week's game, he has no taste at all, and I don't <laughs> believe him. So uh, we should talk about that later on anyway. But yeah, he said it was pretty good. But I think I've seen a lot of the scenes out of it, and I think... Watching the movie preview is probably enough for me. But one yeah. of us is going to have to watch it for a proper review. Yeah. And I'm not paying to see it. So I shall, <laughs> I shall pirate it somewhere and watch it, I think. I think it'll be okay. Well, okay. I actually, I really, really love the short film because it first started off as an animation. Yeah. And that was really cool. And they haven't used the same kind of animation techniques. And it looks a bit too Hollywood and a bit cheap, I think. But I don't know. Uh-huh. We'll have to see it before we give proper... um review on it but there's been some really angry I, I watched an angry review and we couldn't link to that because there's a lot of swearing going on in it oh dear yeah, they hated it they really hated it next one we've got a link from a twitter site a twitter page called gdri yeah. which i found and it was a link to unreleased japanese arcade games and the flyers oh i saw these they're lovely they're really some really interesting ones. It's got the Toa Plan game, Dynamic Trial Seven, that overhead racer right. that was never released that we covered in the Toa Plan special. Ah, okay. And it's got some loads of other different things, things that look a bit like Bubble Bobble and. Mm. Well, they games that didn't come out, just flies that didn't come out. Games. Oh, I like the look of that Spang too. It had these really cutesy blobs in it. Yeah. Very Japanesey looking. Air Walkers. That looks like a baseball game. Yeah, I'm not interested in that. Japanese mm. love baseball, but we won't. Yeah. Let's get on to uh, Mad Steve's Jump Bug Twin Galaxies world record video. You can watch that online of him beating the world record. And it's now been officially accepted. Yep. So he's number one on Jump Bug on MAME. He's on got Twin one on Galaxies. Another one. And also, well, we've been playing Jump and Bump, or even Bump and Jump. Some of them hasn't. <laughs> he's been playing Lead Storm, which is kind of a spiritual successor to it. Bit of a better game as well, I think. Yeah, I think it's better, handles better. And he's only gone and got a world record on that as well, the cheeky scamp. Oh, my Lord, what a scamp. 
What a cheeky, cheeky scout. So that is, I think he's got 3 million, and the world record previously is 1.3. Oh, my Lord, there's no stopping him. I know, he's brilliant, isn't he? Nasty, stop. No, so he didn't, he didn't stop. <laughs> no. Your arcade is coming up soon, isn't it? It is. In a land of nethers. Yes. And we've been looking into it. Um, I'm not sure if I can afford it, actually, because that area of the year is going to be a bit expensive for me because I'm going to America. Ah, uh, right. But I'm not sure. I'll have to, I'll have to see if I'm allowed. Mm. I'll see if the bank will allow me, actually. I think I can get time off work. I'm going to find out for sure next week. Mm. But I can afford it. But if you're not going, I'm not going because I'll be scared. Yeah, we've got to hold hands when we go there because it's abroad. Yeah. I'm not yeah. sure. I think we did look in... Wife... Well, with PA, wife, looked into it for me because she's very good at that sort of thing and I'm not. About flights and that over there. And I think it's quite difficult getting a flight there as well from where I am. I don't think uh, they fly right. from Heathrow, but I'll have to look into it and we'll get back to us on that. Yeah. Replay FX is finished. Have we got any pictures for that? There's a few pictures going on. I think it finishes today as we record in the second. All right, that's the biggest ever expo of arcades, isn't it? Yeah, have you seen the Kong Off 4? There's some pictures floating around the internet of the Kong Off 4, like 30 Donkey Kong machines together. I did see, uh, I think it was on a Facebook, I'm not sure if it was on... I can't remember which site it was now, but it was one of the Facebook pages with Billy Mitchell standing... Standing on top of a Donkey Kong machine. So that was oh, probably about word. 500 foot tall with him on top there, because he's a tall lad. Yes. And he got the first kill screen. Right. He can get a, will, a kill screen willy and indeed nilly, that lad. <laughs> so well done, Billy, again. I don't think he needs any well dones. I think he's pretty good no, on his own. He's good, any. He? He's good. Yes, that's pretty good. We've got some links anyway for that, so we can have a look at the pictures. But that, that would have been an awesome thing to go to. It's just too far, isn't it? Yeah. Hopefully <clears> there'll be some pictures... By the time we get this podcast out, there'll be some pictures floating around we can link to. Yes. Oh, one last bit of uh, uh, bits and stuff. I got a, an email from um, Brent Griffiths from the Broken Token podcast. Yeah. Because he, he listened to our last one on Kicker, and he was quite interested in, in when we go over there, because uh, me and wife are going over there. We're going to go to, should be in Louisville, where those guys are, on about the 20th of December, sort of around that date. And he was saying, yeah, we'll meet up. It'd be great. It's like, oh, cool, you know. And he gave, he sent me quite a long email about, you know, what's going on and stuff. And I said, oh, it'd be really nice to meet up and everything. So hopefully go to, the, there's a, there's a arcade there. And it'd be nice to see their games rooms as well, if, if they're sort of up for it. So mm. that'd be really good. And they can show us where all the best uh, chicken and biscuits place are. <laughs> not chicken that kind and... of biscuit. Not uh, that kind of biscuit. American uh, biscuits are very different. Boo. Yeah, they're nice though. They're very good. Mm. And there's a lot of whiskey around that, that sort of, uh, area as well. Ah, yeah. So I have to try some of that out. Because it's the law when you're there. Uh, Yes, it's very nice. Okay. And let's do some pickups. Right, Vic. Mm -hmm. I do have. (gasps) Well, not quite yet, but I do have a pickup. (gasps) I'm hopefully getting it next Wednesday, and do you know what it is? Not yet. What is it? If you mention biscuits, you know what's going to happen, don't you? If you mention biscuits, you're going to get a. A Hadouken. In the chops. A flame ball in chops. No, I'm going to get a Lord's Vale. Ooh! A Lord's Vale Neo Geo cab. Well done. They're lovely An- cabs. Off of Andy at Arcade Club. So Ooh. they're just servicing it for me and putting in one of them tellies so I can see what I'm doing. A telly in there. A telly in top. A bent telly, not a, not a flat screen one. No, no, yeah, but a proper, definitely. proper telly. So you're going to maim it eventually, I take it, with a proper CRT maim setup. I don't know, you know. Because I've got, know. at my feet, looking down here, can you see that, listeners? 
I have a full MAME setup already, ready to go. Right. I can le- I can give you a permanent lend of that. Oh, excellent! And that will go straight into a proper arcade machine. It's got is it a JPack on there already? And right. the right kind of graphics cards. So it will play on a on, on a fifteen kilohertz arcade screen. Well, for a start, I thought I'm definitely going to try proper hardware because it's a shame not to. Mm. Well, with this thing, you just unplug it and put a jammer board in. There's no mm. other mucking about. It's just one plug. Off you go. Fifty six pin harness. Off it goes. Put a arcade board in there. Off you go. And also, on the lookout after we finish the podcast, I look at that Thunder Thunder Dragon. Is it? I got to send you that PCB. Yep. Yep. I've got that for you. And I know something else that you don't. What? I'm not telling you. Well, that's why I don't know. Ha. One, tell me. No. Why? Because it's a secret. You can't have secrets I between can. podcasting buddies. When you've gone, I'll tell all the listeners. All right, then. And I can, I can hear it on Tuesday, then, can't I, when you've mixed it? Oh, yeah. Uh, no, it's good news, though. I liked <laughs> it. I'm happy. All right. Yeah, so you'll have at least one game to play if uh, Andy doesn't pop a game in there for you. Right. So that'd be cool. But you have to turn Tally on side. The vertical yes. Game. And it's a shooter. Ooh. Ooh. It's a good shoot as well. It's nice. Does it sound a bit like Scientine Flaughty Flu? Uh, no, it's more like a sort of tower plan type of thing. You'll love it, I reckon. Oh, it's a nice looking game, actually. It's, it's almost, it looks brand new as well. I got it years ago on a swap from someone. I've never really played mm. it, so that'd be nice. Mm-mm. Well, as we said earlier, I got a Super Cobra off Alex, which is nearly working. Needs some sound sorting out. I did sort out the, um, the graphic glitch. It was just a few chips needed just popping out and popping back in again. That's all it was. Yeah. Uh, so that plays okay. I had a quick go of it. It seems to work all right. Hard though, that game. It's really difficult. It's much harder mm-hmm. than Scramble. Miles harder. It is tough. So, I'll get my, my Sergeant Sarge on there, because he's excellent at fixing those, those uh, PCBs. I think it's just that this, we've had like three or four the same problem with sound hardware on those boards. I think the AY chips go after a while. But yeah. he's, he's ordered a job lot of them. So, uh, hopefully we should sort that out pretty soon. And I mentioned the Namco Galaxian, which has been converted to run Donkey Kong, which is a very weird thing. Because I was talking to Alex about it. I said, look what this plays. He was quite interested. Because it's Nintendo. Well, it's not Nintendo, but it sort of is. And he said, oh, I had a, um, a video phone call, like we're doing now, with Ty mm. Laurie. You know that guy in America, the really good collector who does videos? He's got a really cool uh, YouTube channel. I have and a link yeah. to that. So I, I subscribe to that guy. He's brilliant. And he's got a Donkey Kong cabaret machine. It's a super rare machine. An official one. Wow. And he put a bootleg in there. I think it's on Crazy Kong hardware. It's a totally different board to what I've got. And in his game, all the levels are totally moved around. There's one level you've got a really, really long ladder that's almost like three quarters of the length of the screen. So yeah. you've got to time the barrels really well to get that. Because you've got to climb a great long ladder and you can't get off of it again. They call it Big Kong. It's yeah. a really, really weird hack. And Alex says, oh, it sounds like you've got the same one as this guy. And it isn't the same as that. It's totally different. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, hopefully sort of looking into that. Hopefully it is a different version I've got, because I'll be able to put that in the main. Mm, interesting. Does that conclude the pickups? I think it does, doesn't it? I think it does, actually. And also got all the bits from Sarge. Thank you very much again, Sarge, for that. C- can he... Is a few pings behind, he said. Can he have a, another official Sarge ping? Yeah, but he's got... Well, all right. I don't know. I can't really dish these out left, right and centre, you know. We'll give him one more of his special Sarge ping. This is for all the stuff and all the help he's going to be. Thank you very much. Another resonant ping. Resonant ping. Oh, yes. Right, shall we get on to the feedback? Yes. Right, let's get this out of the way. Yeah, come on. 
we have had a lot of biscuit-related feedback. <laughs> That's it's me doing that. I'm sorry about that, it's listeners. Like it's you and our listeners are idiots. Yeah. That's what I can say to them. So, Mad Steve, Vip, Dave Otto, Benson Rad, QED, who wants to do a homebrew arcade game called Biscuit Wars, which is actually a good idea. Yeah. Charlie Farr, Chucky Egg, and Jap JAC have all mentioned biscuits. So we're just gonna that's it. That's it now. Biscuits. Well, do you done. know what? Before we finish on the biscuit thing, I sort of egged it on a little bit by when we in inverted commas did the biscuit podcast at the end of the last one. That was brilliant. Yeah, I, I did you as a sort of whiny mank because you kept <laughs> going on about biscuits, but your accent's nothing like that. I realised afterwards. But yeah, <laughs> can I just mention something I have discovered? What's that? In my quest for value snacks, right? As you do. Dry roasted peanuts. Got some from shop the other day. A pound for a big bag. How much? A pound. So I went down to the pound shop. That's obviously the pound shop. Mm. That would be better value. And you can get a 25 kilo sack and a shovel yeah. for a, to shovel them in <laughs> for a pound. Do you know what the best thing to do in pound shops? Um, I'm not sure if... Our overseas listeners have this, but in the UK we have things called pound shops. We also have 99 pence shops, which is one p cheaper, and they're usually just bargain shops. The best thing to do in those shops, right? You buy one item, you take it to the till, and you just say, put it on the counter, and you say, how much? And they say a pound because everything in the shop is a pound. They just look at you with this disdain in their face, like mm. you idiot, and they have to say a pound. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of fun. Shall we do some real feedback? Go no on. more biscuits. Come on. Mm-hmm. Nice though they are. Chucky Egg, great choice of next game. Wow, can't believe it. It was his game, this yep. bump and jump, which we shall be talking about in a minute or in a while. We'll be playing this one with you. Actually, has he, has he submitted a score? I don't think he has, has he? No, because he's now banned. Oh, right. Fair enough. I told him the other day when he come round, I, I banned him. <laughs> he, he said, what's wrong with it? What's wrong with it? And I said, it's rubbish. The listeners might have got from my voice, I hated this week's game. I'm going to give it such a good kick in in a minute. Yeah. And he said, he said, no, no, it's great. I remember playing it as a kid. I said, have you played it lately? He went, I've been playing the NES version. And I think the NES version is a bit different. You've got different things to do in it. So right. I believe that would be a better game. So I think he's got a little bit confused in his old age. Yes. He is 78, remember. <laughs> oh, my word. Also, thank you to the Underground Retrocade Arcade in, is it Chicago? They are, yeah. Yeah. And... They have put Kicker in a mm. cab because of our podcast. They used to support No Quarter, which is now sadly defunct. I hope they do come back, No same Quarter. Here, same here. So they've put Kicker in a cab because of our podcast. Isn't that brilliant? It's marvellous, and I will be going to see the Underground Retrocade when I go for my trip in December. And they're, they're all ready for me and everything, so that's really cool. We've been that's sort of brilliant. talking to each other on, on, uh, on message, and it sounds awesome. Hopefully... I'll get on to the uh, Pie Factory guys, oh, and hopefully they can turn up one day, because they live quite yeah. close by. That'd be really nice to see some other podcasters. I always like meeting people, especially in America. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Madsty has got another Twin Galaxy World Record we talked about a minute ago on Lead Storm. Yep. He also says, Top Notch for Suns Out, Guns Out pose by Sean for the new podcast cover. That was the last picture we did. <laughs> and on Jump Bug, thanks for the ping, guys. Without you guys, we'd never play the game, so massive thanks. Yeah, that's good. That is, is a massive compliment, actually, having people play it with us and get world records. I never yeah. envisioned anyone doing that. That's really nice. 
It's not such a compliment when they keep beating us. So stop that, guys. All right. Yeah, yeah. Stop it. We yeah, stop it. You anymore. It's not clever at all. Uh, Vip, Ben. Mm-hmm. The latest episode was hilarious, mate. Is put and he's drawn us a nice hand-drawn T-shirt suggestion. Yes, I did see that. It's good. <laughs> Andy Godoy of the RGDS podcast. Listen to that. That's a good one. Yeah. He says, "I second that. He would buy that T-shirt. Great show, and that would be an awesome T-shirt. I would wear it." Mm. Mm. Eric Purcell, I know that name from somewhere. Twitter. Yeah. Ten Pence is a great, pretty great podcast. I definitely rock a t-shirt here in the States as well. So he's mm. up for another t-shirt. See, pink is in. Mm. Pink pink t-shirts are in. Absolutely. Tony Doyle sent me another t-shirt design with you remember my naked pose from podcast the block hole podcast. Yeah, about, it's burned on my retinas, I can't get rid yeah. of it. And I can't wear that because it's not good. But, but I might next time we go to an event. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. just with a little arrow saying this I, is this guy this is stupid over here yeah, yeah that's yeah. the one so uh, sorry Tony I don't want to wear that mate but thanks for the design anyway oh yeah there's one after our mention of Shanghai shmup experts those guys in China who play in really good games uh, Peter Kman Sweden one of our regular listeners sent us a short video of a guy called Eaglet thrashing Dodon Patchy Dai Fukatsun I said oh. it right! I said yeah, it right! Yeah, well done. Moving on. Stuart Time Warp, as he's now known from the Time Warp Arcade. That's his he's name. Yeah, really good. I've only recently discovered the joy of podcasts. I've decided to go all the way back and start at number one and work through them, as I've only listened to a few of your latest ones. I genuinely laughed out loud several times. He also wants to know what joysticks we use. Ball or bat tops, leafs, leafs or micros, tight or flaccid. Who were misses? Who were? Well... Actually, uh, one thing, Stuart Time Warp, as you're now known, uh, the first things first, um, when you go back to listen to the early podcasts, please forgive the quality. You wouldn't believe how we recorded them back then, me and Alex. It was painful to watch and painful to do, but in- interesting and fun to do with Alex. But the, the editing for me was really painful. I wasn't quite good at it. So please forgive that. The content's good, but the recordings are rubbish. And mm. I think from about, ooh, that's six onwards. I can't remember when, when RGP bought us the, the quality podcasting gear it got a lot better so please yeah. forgive the early ones just turn the volume up a bit and mm-hmm. also yeah interesting on the joysticks uh, ball or bat tops leaf micros tight or flaccid hmm well i've got quite a few machines and they've all got different joysticks in i mean my mm. my dig dug has got a proper wico joystick or wico which is a leaf switch which i really like for certain games i, I do prefer certain joysticks on certain games yeah, shooters you need a looser stick with, don't you? So obviously yeah, you need to throw it around a bit, don't you? Yeah. Mm. And in my candy cabs, I've got the the sort of I've, one of them. I've got a vert stick, which is the thing I made, which is a very tight stick, very very quickly responsive that people seem to like for for shooters. And I've also got like a Japanese one, like a Sanwara or a Simitsu. I can't remember. That's good in that machine. And I've got a servo stick in my Naomi, which is one that that changes the four and eight way switch on the bottom. Yeah, and most of my joysticks are bat to- uh, ball tops. So I don't know any bat tops anymore. I used to have just on the jammer machine, but all ball tops, I think, now. I prefer the old school ball tops. Yeah. But the, the Japanese ones are usually micro switches, and the older games are leafs, because you can't hear mm. the leafs. And I also prefer leaf buttons any day of the week on, on yeah. a machine. Yeah, you can hit them quicker. Mm. They haven't got to make that physical click contact. You can just keep whacking them. Like when you play track and field, it's always better to play on a leaf switch. But the Japanese games, again, or the candy cabs, have got them sort of click-less micro-switch 
buttons and you can hit them quite quickly as well. Yeah. So yeah, but I, I do not like micro switch buttons. I never have done. They're okay. They last longer apparently, don't they? Uh, no, I don't know because the, the leaves when when the leaves wear, you just put another leaf in there, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's obviously horses for courses and that thing, really, isn't it? But, yep. Yeah, I prefer the old yes. school ones, I think. I've had some nice comments on the podcast artwork from Sarge, QED, and Phil V85, who also said he laughed out loud at hate beak references. <laughs> hate, hate beak. <laughs> and also, Fuzzy J Bell today said he likes the podcast. So I spoke to him today. Nice. Thanks very artwork. much, guys. Mm, thank you very much. Yeah, your artwork's brilliant. You sent me one earlier, and it took me about a minute to stop laughing at it. It's a bit stupid. Of course it is. It's exactly <laughs> what we want. Yes, we're surfing on top of cars. Yes. Uh, listener number four. He's also known as Benson Rat. What? I got given the horn? How dare you? Ha <laughs> ha. But then you did very kindly make sure I got today's podcast on before I left work. I did release it a little bit earlier just for him. Um, which means I can have my, my feedback straight away. And if I had a bell, I'd give you a ping. We'd get a <laughs> ping. That'd be nice. Another great show. Those two hours seem to fly by. I think being stuck in the queue at Tesco's brought me a bit of extra time to get the whole thing before arriving home. And when I got home, I found a delivery ferry, paid me a visit, and Martin had kindly dropped off a 14-inch monitor he'd been waiting for. Shannon's Road and Kicker, or Kicker, is a great game. I used to have the PCB, but as it was vertical, I had no way of playing it. He sold it. He obviously had a horizontal game. Hopefully it's something I can get running on my cocktail once it's all fixed up. It might have been me that probably bought that PCB, you know, because I've got two of those. Yeah. And I obviously bought it off a, a local member or something from a, um, a forum, I expect. Francis York Morgan, via the Facebook page, a new listener, wants to know if there's any arcades near to him in Basingstoke. And I don't think there is. I think the nearest one's going to be the Hog, I would have thought. Yeah. Or maybe... Shame, it? Yeah, it's either the Hog or the Four Quarters uh, Bar Arcade. Yeah. So, yeah, not not around there. There's not many around now, is there, unfortunately? No. Not retro ones, is there really? Yeah, you might find some users on some forums, maybe, or some other listeners you can get in contact with. You might have their own games, but not a proper arcade. Yep. Jap JAC. Mm-hmm. Another blinding podcast. Thank you, he says. I especially like the segment about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two weeks on the trot, anyone th- would think I'm a regular. Your man in Japan. That's it. He's our man in Japan. He is, yeah. We need to get some Japan info from him. That'd be an interesting chat, you know, to chat to him. Better than that. Can you send me lots of stuff, please, from Japan? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, when I went there, I brought back a ton of stuff. It's yeah. really good. You can get all sorts. They've got, got PCB shops there, and oh, it's amazing. Really good. Lucky guy living there. Mm. He says, bless you for your kind words and the plug for my little YouTube channel. Mm. Sharing sharing the arcading at home passion since 93. Wow. That's a, that would have been a good era to be in the arcades in Japan, wouldn't it? Mm. Oh, wicked. Right, he's also put, I hunted down a kicker coin up in town, in Tokyo, I think, and gave it a blast. I knew the game is Shaolin's Road from the DS of all things. Thank you for, thank you, but not my cup of tea. Too easy. Mm. That's what I respect about Victor. I suspect he either likes a game or not, and he's not afraid to say so. That's very true. And I will be saying so later on. Oh, dear. Very much like myself. But I almost spat out said tea when he once said Capcom Strider was and is crap. I've always thought so, even from when it was new. Never heard anyone else agree since now. I was playing Strider last night on the PS1. I like it on on the PS1 and Mega Drive. I no. think it's quite good. It's some of the levels are right hard. I need to get into it. I do actually like the feel of it, and I like the the funny, uh, what do you call it, S- semicircular bullet thing, knifey thing. It's all over the place, chump. Mm. Oh mm. no! Oh no! Oh no! It's... Don't like it. Not for me. Not for <laughs> me. 
I turn into a, an old lady from the Midlands when I don't like something. So it's not for me. I don't like it now. No. Not having it. <laughs> it just feels unfinished. An over-ambitious yeah. slowdown and flicker-fest wheezing under the CPS hardware. Mm. A short game with horrible inertia and control. See, I like it. Ooh, a great character universe and soundtrack doesn't maketh a great game. He's right there. Absolutely. An extra year in development, and it could have been so much better. I remember buying the board for 25 subs back in the early 90s in an operator's raid, remembering I wasn't a fan and giving it to a friend who was. Those were the days. 25 quid for that board nowadays, that'd be a steal. I mean, it's an expensive PCB to buy nowadays. Mm. Wouldn't be getting my money. No. On the other side of the coin, he's put, on the other side of the 10 pence coin, he thinks Rolling Thunder is rubbish. What a fool. It's one of the best games I tell thee. Horses for courses. That's you. You thought you were rubbish, didn't you? I hate Rolling Thunder. It was, it was all right. It was Hateful. It's a bit unforgiving in areas. <laughs> I like it. Forgive me if you've already covered the following in a previous episode, but I'd like to pose the questions. I love questions. What a question, Eric. This is almost a feature in itself. I really like this. And if any other listeners have got questions for us like these, please send them in. These are brilliant. Go on, give me a question. Right, number one. Question one of a possible nine. What is your favourite dedicated coin-up and favourite PCB of all time and why? Go, well, Victor. For me, it'd be Dig Dug, a full upright machine. The white-sided one with the, the full-on art. And we did we did sort of um, cover the reasons why in a, in a previous podcast. We have actually done Dig Dug. And I have yep. only got a wooden-sided cabaret cabinet, an official one, Euro cabinet, and it's my favourite game. And the reasons I come about having the game is the reason why I'll always keep it. Because mm. down in Exmouth, when the arcade barn was about, when Sean and Aaron and Bruce used to run the arcade barn, they had loads of machines in there. And I used to play Dig Dug as a kid, and I had it on various old com- computers and consoles, and I just fell in love with the game, and I loved the cabinet as well, and I just get high scores on it. I said to Sean... If you ever sell this, please sell it to me. Yeah. And a few years later, he did ring true and he sold it to me. And he sold it to me for an absolute bargain. I'm forever grateful for it and I'm never going to get rid of it. And mm. I, I tarted it up a bit and it works perfectly. It's got a nice new monitor in it now. A new old school monitor as well, obviously. And I play it quite regularly. I love the game. Absolutely love it. And probably, I think my PCB is probably kick, kicker because it wasn't a, a full arcade machine. And I love yep. that game, and I've got two PCBs, so that's me covered. Mm, mine would be 1942, as you know. I know Absolutely. it's only a kit, it's only a kit, but you can do you can do a, a generic cab up to look quite nice. There's two different sorts of artwork, isn't there? Yeah. There's, there's the Williams and the Capcom. The Williams is a bit, the CPO is a bit strange, but quite cool looking. So yeah. I'd say 1942. Yeah, absolutely. Question two. What video coin-op have you put the most amount of money into and on what actual location and when? Ah, for me, when I was growing up in Weymouth, Seaside Town with 12 arcades or maybe even more, actually loads of arcades there, there were three in a row. We used to call them three in a row. They weren't called that, but because they were right next to each other, owned by the same person, called them three in a row. And it was, it was not games I particularly like now, but back then we thought were awesome, mainly because they had ninjas and, and warriors in and stuff. But it was um, Shadow Warriors, also known as Ninja Gaiden, Gauntlet, and Golden Axe, and probably Rampage, mainly because they were multiplayer games. You used to play with your mates all together, yep. stuffing each other up and you know, cajoling each other around the control panels. And one of the ones you could keep putting money into play. So we just kept mm. feeding them and trying to get them all the way through. I think I completed stuff like Double Dragon and Rampage and Golden Axe, all those games, but they cost a fortune to keep playing. That's what they were for. But 
they did well out of us, those games, and you yeah. know, we just kept putting the money in. That's what I did. The one I put most money in, I would say, would probably be Turbo Outrun, uh, 1990-ish, in several Blackpool arcades. I think some were cheaper than others. I think some you got three goes for a quid and others you got four goes. And I just kept playing it and playing it until I could finish it on a quid. I could never do it on a credit. In fact, I don't even know if that's possible. Someone may have done it. Mm. But on three credits, I could do it. The 16 tracks. Yeah. And now, like you say, I'm, I was delighted when it turned up at Arcade Club a few months back. And I had a couple of goes. I thought, it's all right, but it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not as brilliant as I remember. You do. I, th- I think you've got more... Because you've seen so many games come and go in, in all those years since back in the day, you sort of know what games are better, in, and obviously for technical reasons and stuff as well, you respect older games and some of the newer games, and sort of games you, you thought were brilliant back in the day, you play them again and think, oh, that's all right, it's not as good as this one or that one. But yeah. now you mentioned uh, Turbo Outrun, Turbo Outrun, which was the next one on from Outrun, with different yeah. tracks and stuff, and the Turbo button, they actually had... Uh, a Turbo Outrun Deluxe machine when you sit in and it moves around oh. in that same arcade in the three in a row it was a white one rather than a red because the, the the Outrun Deluxe was a red one and this was a white car you sat in and they had wow. one there definitely mm. question three what was your favourite favourite amusement arcade from back in the day in the British Isles and why well I've already answered that one three in a row mm. they were really really good and there were three arcades together, so it's basically I'm cheating now. I'm using three arcades, but you could actually walk through the arcades to get into the next one. They had sort of they were knocked out in the middle. The, the walls were knocked out. So you get in there, but they had all sorts of stuff, and they were they were the kind of company that got new games when the new games come out. They were always swapping things in and out. So we saw Space Harrier Deluxe, we saw the Outrun Deluxe, we saw well, I think it was an older game by then, by the mid '80s, but we saw stuff like Dragon's Lair and mm-hmm. Space Ace and Dragon's Lair Two. I played also. There had loads of um, uh, electrical and Goliaths in there, with you know different kits put in them. They had a lot of dedicated machines as well. They had yep. all sorts in there. I mean, it was so so varied. But there was also one that was near B and Q. Oddly enough, it's sort of out of town a little bit. And it was on an old piece of land, just a rubble land, where they had some sort of fun fair with really dodgy, rickety rides, which I would yeah. never dare go on, even as a kid. But they had an arcade there, and that's where I used to play Green Beret. That was the only arcade that had it. Yeah. So oh, yeah, there, was, there was loads in Wayne before I grew up. Absolutely loads. Mine would have to be two Blackpool arcades, Mr. B's that became Mr. T's, which is now Star Attraction, and Coral Island, simply because they're the ones I went to the most, and I just loved them. They were just Coral Island had so many games. Mm. Now it's there's just a small corner that is video games. A lot of it's gambling and the redemption now, and, and there's a little pub in there as well, which is quite nice, actually. Do you mention Mr. T? Yes. I ain't going to no airport, Hannibal. I ain't going to fly with that crazy fool Murdoch. <laughs> Very nice. Question four. What was the... Oh, this is, this is one that we're both going to answer the same to, I think. What was the first coin-up you played? How old were you? And where? Well, for me, it was obviously Space Invaders. Uh, it was an old cafe on a roadside uh, when I was about seven years old, so that's 1980. Uh, it was called the Sleepy Sausage Cafe in Rugby. Mm. It was in between Rugby and Daventry, I think it was. And there was a series of these cafes, uh, the Speedy Sausage and the Sleepy Saucy Sausage. Saucy Sausage. Saucy Sausage. There was loads of them. I used to go to... We we need to chat about this, because I used to go yes, to the Saucy Sausage. Yes, we have sausage. mentioned it before, haven't we? Because you, you yeah. were sort of in, in Northampton, which was sort of a bit north from Rugby. Yeah. And they had Space Invaders in there, 
and next to it was a Space Invaders pinball. And I think later on, or one of their sister cafes had a Defender. I remember seeing Defender in there for the first time as well. So yeah, we're same, same there, weren't we? Yeah. Yeah, mine Space Invaders as well, and it was in a Bournemouth hotel. Oh, okay. 78 or 79. It might be 79-ish, something like that. Because back in, back in sort of the early 80s, like America, but not as prolific, we had video games in odd places as well. You'd see a video game in a cafe. Uh, when I used to go Army Cadets when I was a young teenager, they had a centipede there. Because the guy who worked, who sort of volunteered as the sergeant there, who looked after us, was actually a video game operator. He was, right. um, he used to, one of the guys, you know, the big bunch of keys, just going around emptying the machines and telling the kids to stop smoking and beating the buttons too hard and stuff like that. And he actually put yeah. one in there. We used to play it before we, we did our stuff at Army Cadets. And you used to see him in all sorts of weird places, you know, in shops and stuff, you know, in the back rooms of toy shops and things like that. So yeah, it was pretty good back then. Mm. Question five. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. What is your Holy Grail dream video coin-up and PCB to own now? Oh, this is a good question. Good. This is, why, this is why I like this. For me, it's actually an emulator. Mm. I would love to get hold of a thing called a ZVG, or in America, a ZVG. Mm. Uh, it's a, it's um, a device that allows you to play MAME, but vector MAME, on a true vector machine. Mm. And you can also plug these into Vectrex as well, because they've obviously got a vector monitor. But you can play all the games emulated. You don't have to have the expensive PCBs and the different harnesses and the different control panels and all that sort of stuff. But it will play proper games. You can, you're talking Star Wars, um, Battlezone, all the cinematronic games, all the yeah. Sega games, you know, all vector games. Whether they're colour or black and white, they will play on either. So if you're playing a colour game, say Space Duel, you can play it on a black and white game. It will convert it over and convert the signals to vector monitor signals. And having one of those in my Asteroids Cabaret with a colour vector monitor, which you, it's rocking horse poo. They really are. Yeah. They're so, to get a 14 inch colour vector, it's almost impossible. It's mm. really, really difficult. But having a colour monitor in there, vector, with that set up, with changeable control panels so you can know you've got a tiny yoke for playing star wars or maybe i don't know two joysticks for playing black widow and all that sort of you just whip the joysticks off and on and have all the vector games on one cabinet that would be awesome i'd love that would be good that yeah Yeah, i'm going to put a wanted out i think for a zvg board because there was a run of them made they were quite expensive but i think only like 50 or 100 were ever made and there's never been a new run of them if they do, I'm going to run, not walk, and grab one. Yeah. Definitely. Well, mine at the minute, Holy Grail one, would be Batsugan. Okay. In your Jellico Pony. I'm going to break into your garage and nick your Jellico Pony because it's just, that's a perfect height machine. It's the perfect angle of the screen. Definitely. Uh, and it's got one of your vert sticks in, which I think would be brilliant for Batsugan. Batsugan! Mm. And also go on to PCBs as well because that's a machine I'd have. It's just a sort of, uh, an insert for machine, really. But the actual PCB, I would love to get hold of a pirate ship Higamaru PCB. They yeah. are really rare. I think one came up in America and they wanted $600 for it. Wow. Which is a lot of money for a, a game you can play in MAME quite easily. Mm. You know, it's even on some of the multi boards as well. You like that, don't you? I love a bit of pirate ship Higamaru. I love little pirates running around and squashing other pirates with barrels. It's ace. Did you like it more than Don't Pull? Remember that Don't Pull? Yes, that you did? I do actually. I just think it's cuter. It's more Japanesey. Yeah. But they're both mm-hmm. good games. I think they're both programmed by the same guy. Right. So, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Next question. When did you first start arcading in the home? 
your first PCB, first Super Gun Jammer rig, first video coin up. Well, I haven't done any arcade in the home apart from a 1942 that James RGP lent me, yes. but I do have the Lord's Vale coming soon, so you that'll be. Do. And you've got a little bar top, which is yeah. my oh, yeah. on there, isn't it? My on there. Yeah. yeah, I've got a little bar top. Yeah. For me, it was around 2006. I approached the local operator, um, Simmons, in Weymouth. They're still going as well. And I got friendly with a guy called Scott there. He was one of the sort of junior owners. I think his, his, his late father and uncle owned it originally. And him and some of his cousins sort of ran the place. And he gave me a treacherous piece just for nothing. He just said, oh, have this, mate. I think it works. Oh, thanks very much. And I made a super gun for it at home. I followed some instructions online because I was okay at um, soldering. Wow. And as luck may have it, it worked first time. So I could mm-hmm. play PCB on a telly. It was great. <laughs> I was actually playing Tetris. I loved it. I went back to him and I, I, I said, oh, can you get me a list again? I'll buy some boards off you. And he kindly put a list again. He sold me a load of boards. And then I helped him out doing a few things on computers for some main machines he's making. And we sort of got friendly and we still talk to each other now and again now. He's still in Weymouth. I'm obviously in London now. So, yeah, that's, that's for me. That was about 2006. And then after that, I got a cab off of eBay. I didn't really know what I was doing with it. I just bought a little wooden-sided cabaret machine. Yeah. I think they were called Ace Cabs, and it was from the Midlands. And the guy actually came round in his estate car and delivered it for me. I think it was £170, and it was amazing. Having that cab in the home for the first time was absolutely brilliant. Because I'd already got a few PCBs from Scott by then, and I'd got a single-slot MVS with a couple of carts he gave me as well. Yeah, And it was brilliant. I used to mod this machine. I made a new control panel for it. I put more buttons in it. I made a better bezel for it. I fixed stuff on it. It was my pride and joy. And I sold it just before I came to London because I didn't have room for it, unfortunately. Right. Having your first cab is a special place in your heart. It really does. You'll love it when you get your first one. Yeah, I think I will. Yeah. It snowballed from then on. Yes. Yeah, as it does. <laughs> what is the most money you've ever spent on anything coin-op related? What and when? So mine is the bar top, like you said. I've put £350 here. I think it was 400 actually. Because mm, yeah. I asked for a different... Um, game elf board in it with more shooters on yes a uh, hundred quid on an x arcade stick and i've got my arcade game coming my cab coming excellent for me i'm a bit higher than that but some people pay, pay thousands for machines you know we're talking you know the deluxe moving machines they're they're thousands and, and star wars machines are a fortune but i would never pay that for a machine i don't think i'm quite happy mm. to play pcbs or mame or whatever uh but i do like certain machines the most expensive one I've ever bought was my white pony, the Jalico pony, the one I had in the middle. Yeah. And it was a mint machine, and I bought it a few years ago. And because I already had two other ponies, one horizontal, one vertical, this one in the middle had Dreamcast in it. And I didn't play it very often, and in the end, I sold it back to the original owner for the same price. He was happy to have it back, and yeah. it's still an arcade club. Mm. And, um, yeah, so I sold about the original price, and, uh, yeah, that was it really. That was 700 quid at the time. I think it was 700 and something with, with delivery, and I sold yeah. it back for the same price, so, you know, I sort of looked after it for him for a bit, really. Hmm. Question eight of nine. What video coin up PCB do you think is the dog's doodars? What, uh, what do you think you're the dog's doodars at? Mm. In other words, what do you think you're brilliant at? I would say, obviously, 1942, but we've got some news about that later on. Mm-hmm. Star Force, Berserk, oh. Space Harry, lots of shooters, really. Yeah. But there is always somebody out there better than you. But I'm all right at the shooters, as you know. Absolutely. For me, uh, we've, we've talked about this quite a bit. I'm quite good at kicker. Obviously, Phil V, if he beat me, hate you. 
Diggs, I'm not bad at. I can hold down. Forgiving him, have you? No, I'm never going to forgive him. When I when I meet him, I'm just going to give him. I'm going to give him the look like this. You're going to give him a Chinese burn. I will. Mm. He's probably bigger than me, so I better not. He's 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 really good at kicker. Oh, yeah. Maybe I won't. Sorry, Phil. <laughs> uh, Dig Dug, I can hold my own at Dig Dug. Um, quite like Pirate Ship Higamaru. I think I, I actually won that when we did the, the, the contest on that. That right. was back in when me and Alex did it, and I think I beat everyone at that. Uh, Pulsar, quite good at that. So I played it as a kid. Uh, Green Bertie, quite like that game as well. I can sort of do yeah. that now. Getting better at Kung Fu Master, nearly, nearly looping it. I think if I can loop a game or one coin credit it, which is very rare for me, that's when I think I'm good at something. Yeah, or fair can, enough. Or can play it for an hour, you know? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Last question. Actually, there is a question, 10. Okay. Uh, last, this is number nine. Are there any people that helped or inspire you to get into this hobby that you respect and would like to thank? Mm. Right, I'm going to say James RGP, because he's the first guy I contacted only a few years ago when I discovered that there was this network of people that loved arcade games. It wasn't just me. Standard nerds. And then I found the forums, and I found all these meets, and it was just excellent. So I'd say, yeah, thanks to James. Yeah, um, for me, uh, loads of people, actually. Um, many people on Jammer Plus, which is the first forum I used to, to visit. Uh, and UK VAC back in the day, but then UK VAC sort of, uh, sort of went off the boil. And it stopped for a while, and, G- and Jammer Plus was the only real one I used to go on. And there was loads of good people who'd come and gone on there. Uh, one or two people who were a bit of a pain, but on the whole... A lot of decent people in the community, really. But there always is. Excellent people on there. Uh, I've got to give a mention for Sean Meldon at the Arcade Club, arcade Barn as well. I mean, I first went to visit Sean on my own when there was a little meet on, and I was the first guy there. And my jaw dropped when I went in the barn and saw, like, I think it was, they had 100 games at one point, something like that. Yeah. And I've seen all these old things from when I was a kid. It was amazing. He's such a nice bloke as well. And, yeah, I still, I still keep in contact with Sean today. And he's not, he's, I don't think he's got any cabs anymore. He's sort of giving it all up. But yeah, it's him, uh, loads of UK VAC people, Ol and Rav for, for doing the UK VAC as well. And they're crazy arcade collecting all their stories. It makes my escapades look quite normal, actually, the amount of stuff they do and what they get up to. Yeah. <laughs> and now you mentioned James RGP, a special mention for James, because I first met James at one of the arcade barn meets, but it was in the second barn, which is a smaller unit inside an industrial area. Right. And I met him there. I just started chatting to him. And he was really, I think he didn't even have a cab then. And he, he was seemed so keen as well. And the amount of stuff James knows and does now is amazing. He's fixing monitors left, right and centre. He's fixing vector games. He's working out stuff. He, he's a, a absolute boffin at these games. He's really clever mm. at fixing them. And he's, I think he's learned it just by talking to people, going on the internet. He's never been taught these things, I don't think. He just sort of picks it up. Mm. So yeah, well done James for doing all that as well. You know, he's become quite um prevalent in this sort of stuff, you know. Excellent. Right, we have Oh god. A question ten. Uh oh. McVitie's fruit shortcake biscuits or Waitrose's own Garibaldi biscuits. Bloody biscuits. We have to choose. We got we got through quite a while without mentioning them. Mm. Well I'm gonna I'm gonna go Jaffa Cakes and Jammy Dodgers. Jaffa cake is not a biscuit. It is kind of. It's a cake. It's in the name. Uh, no, won't accept it. Would they go in a biscuit jar? Yeah, they would. No, they go in a packet. You eat all of them and then throw the packet away. It's that simple. You can't mm. eat two of them. It's impossible. But up here we get them in 36s. 
Ah, uh, you go down, you go down Costco and buy a yeah. load of them. You get a big box of thirty-six. You can't eat all of them. You can if you don't have any tea. For me, mm. anything that's enrobed in dark chocolate. Yes, and it's more than one pound fifty for a handful of snobby crunchiness. <laughs> Done. Thank you very much, Jack GAC in Southwest Tokyo. Thank you for that. And that's just about going to conclude our feedback. Thanks to everyone who's wrote in. Please write some more questions in for us. Well, I quite enjoyed those. Yeah, yeah. Some some unusual questions would be much appreciated. Yes. And let's go and do some shout outs. Right, I'd like to thank everyone who nominated us for the f- first UK Podcasters Awards. We had quite a bit of feedback on that. That's brilliant. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, and anyone who doesn't vote for us, the kitten will get it. <laughs> it's finished now. Oh, did we by win? The, by the time this goes out, we may know if we've made it to the final. Like, we will. We're like good, are we? Come on. No, no. And oh. also, I'd like to shout out to Charlie Farr, David Lynn. Yeah. For getting 1.8 million. No, I've put 1.8. It's 11.8 million. He finished 1942. There's a potential kill screen if you want to watch. Last night, yeah, at Arcade Club. And there's a photo online of about 20 people standing I, around. I saw the Facebook pictures. Well done. Yeah. That is absolutely brilliant. He's going to get one of them for doing that. That puts that... him at eighth in the world. Oh, really? Yeah. So he just needs to tweak his play a little bit. To maximise, now he knows he can do it. He can probably do that end bit where you nearly kill the last boss, lose yeah. your life, nearly kill the last boss, lose, drain all your lives until the last one, then kill it off, and you can get a stack of points doing that. Martin Bedard's on thirteen point three million. So you've got to have an almost perfect game, haven't you? Absolutely. But yeah, it'd be good to get him up the ranks a bit more. And you, old son, I've got mm. to complete that. I need to put some practice in. Yeah, I absolutely. Do. You're I nearly there. Get- You're so close. I keep getting distracted by other games. I was playing Black Tiger this afternoon oh, and, right, okay. and, and the new PCB. That's a very good game. I think No Quarter have covered that. I think they have. It's, I don't like it that much. It's like it's like kind of like a Rygar thing. It's really deep. You think Rygar is difficult. Yeah, you try playing I that. I think that's why I don't like I like the look of it and the yeah. way the game and the characters, but it's too hard. It it's is. one of those yeah. games. It looks lovely and sounds lovely. It's just too hard for me. Mm. I've got to give Sarge another one of these. A massive shout out for helping me out again, and three resonant pings. Absolutely, he's been doing a sterling job on fixing stuff for me, and he hasn't charged me anything for it. And I try and palm him off with loads of things for free. Have some PCBs, have this, have that, and yeah. So he's been really cool with that. Very nice of him. Thank you very much. Mm, awesome. And that's about it for the shout outs. And also, let's go and do some forgotten gems. Yes, these are games that may have been forgotten in the past that people still like and would like like us to give a shout-out and a little bit of a mini-review on. We're bringing them back! Bringing them back! Just Not way back, back, just back. Just a bit back. Just a bit back. So, what is yours? Mine is the next featured game, so we'll skip over this bit for now. Okay. Go on, what's yours? Mine is... Um, I looked at this, I was just looking through mainly the other day and just seeing stuff I remember, and I bet you can't pronounce it. I can. Go on then. Zizix, is it? Zizix. Zizix. I, th- I think I'll just call it Bricks, which is the prototype name for it. Yeah. It's the last one on MAME, so it's easy to find. ZZY, ZZY, XX. Yeah. It's a really funny little game. It's a Cinematronics game. And I don't really know much about Cinematronics. I sort of know they're famous ones, and they, they produce quite a lot of games. But this was called Bricks as a prototype. 
it's a really cool little game where you've got a little man who's just got a big head and little legs. And there's there's lines of squares moving backwards and forwards going up the screen. And there's little gaps in them. And when you move up, you can move into a gap. And you've got to sort of get your way through to get to the top. And in the, the gaps, some of the gaps, is meanies. And in some of the gaps, there's little presents, like you've got um, lollipops and jewels and sweets and stuff. And what the idea is, you grab a load of these goodies on the way up. Yeah. And try and avoid the baddies, and you get your girlfriend at the top. This is sort of a little pink thing with yellow hair with big lips. And um, <laughs> if a baddie's going to get you, you can press the button, and it'll fill your your square in, so the baddie can't come into your area and kill you. And right. when you get to the top, then you do the same thing again on the way down to get back down again to get the girl again. And it's a really fun, silly little game. The animations are really silly on it. They're like really kiddie animations, but they're really cool. Real sort of cheesy early eighties. And there's little scenes in between, little cut scenes in between as well. Yeah. I really like it. People should play it. And the bleepy little tunes are quite fun as well. It's got silly little tunes you recognise on it as well. Real fun little game, actually. Right, we've got Jace38. He's long list that he submitted about a month ago. There's another one from that list. Golden Axe 2, The Revenge of Death Adder. Oh, yeah. Number 2 doesn't get much of a mention, does it? No, it's it doesn't get much of a mention. It's the first one that's popular. I never played it. And I didn't look at it. I was going to have a quick look at it, but I haven't. I, I presume it's more of the same. Hmm. Go right, have a fight. I think it is, but there's another one, the duel. Is that where you just play one-on-one? I don't know. I don't know. There's a few different... Um, but Golden Axe was the original one. Was the one I used to play. Yeah, in yeah. Uh, Charlie Fire, we've just mentioned. He's, he's mentioned Peter Pack Rat from oh, yeah. Atari 1984. I like this, actually. I've not played it. And this game is one of the Atari System 2, they call them inverted commas cartridges yeah. it's basically a PCB you add to a main PCB to make the game you could you could swap mm. these games around in system 2 cabinets Marble Madness came in there Road Blasters came in it Paperboy uh, Paperboy system 1 I think uh, when, when you put the credit in it sounds mm. like the Paperboy credit then. yeah the very sim- yeah because yeah. I, I think the other game on there was Indiana Jones as well uh, yes. there's about 5 games that went on there and that was one of them and that game, to have the original kit is quite rare because the control panel had a blue joystick, exactly the same as a Battlezone joystick. And getting right. those joysticks are impossible to find, the blue ones. Very, yeah. very, very hard to find. Yeah, it's a good game, actually. A little platformer or collecting. And level two looks like that game Bagman. Remember Bagman? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Bagman's a favourite of Alex's, actually. Yeah, so I might try and play through that. We could do, do this as a featured game once. Yeah, I think I think these ones that we talk about are contenders for featured games, aren't they? Because yeah. they're yeah. good old-fashioned ones. They're a li- little bit obscure. Mm. Alpha One, Ol, he's chosen Legendary Wings from Capcom 1986. And I expect we will do that because we've done a load of Capcom games, haven't we? Yeah. I'm not actually a... I am a fan, but not a fanboy of Capcom games. We've seemed to have covered more Capcom games than anything else. Yeah, I like him. Early yeah. Capcom. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm. But yeah, we'll probably get to that. Yeah, that's got a bomb function like Xevious. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so let's now go to our musical interlude. Yes. And this this is not an arcade game. It's Elemental Master from the Mega Drive. Mm-hmm. I've been playing this a lot this week for, for the Retro Gamer shoot 'em up league oh, yeah. and I have been slaughtered on it. Out, out of 12 players, I think I've come 9th. Yeah, I got slaughtered. There's Uh-oh. about five players, one CC'd it. Mm. Really good players on this. But the music is absolutely excellent. So this is level one of Elemental Master. Mm. 
Well, you wouldn't have known that was a Mega Drive game. You would have said that was an arcade game, wouldn't you, that music? Mm, yeah. Okay, right. I'm going to leave you to do this, mate. All uh, right. There's reasons why our featured game review. Yes, this is the game that we've been playing for the last two weeks, or one of us has. And it sounds yeah. like this. Yes, it's called Bump and Jump, also known as Burning Rubber, and there's also a bootleg called Car Action. Clump and Flump, that's what I call it. (laughs) It's by Data East, or Bally Midway, released in some regions in 1982. Mm -hmm. Eight-way stick, one button, you've got accelerate, decelerate, jump, that is it. And crash. Yes. It was released as a dedicated PCB, but it's also released on the Deco cassette system. Oh, yeah. and, he, and this is, I'm interested in this. This is what Wikipedia has to say about that system, right? It says, the Deco cassette system was introduced in December 1980 by Data East. It was the first standardized arcade system that allowed arcade owners to change games. So it's way before they, the other, like Neo Geo stuff and that. The arcade owner would buy a base cabinet while the games were stored on standard audio cassettes. Mm. I've watched a YouTube video of someone loading one up recently. Oh, I've to watch that because I was interested to see if the games load in the same speed as they do in MAME, because they take forever in MAME, don't they? They take two minutes, I think. Two to three, uh, It says here, two to three minutes. Okay. The arcana, arcade owner would insert the cassette and the security dongle into the cabinet. When the cabinet was powered up, the program from the tape would be copied onto the cabinet's RAM chips. This process took about two to three minutes. After this, the game could be played freely until the cabinet was rebooted. Mm. It was revolutionary for its time, but the arcade owners complained about the potential unreliability of the cassettes, which could obviously be demagnetized easily as well as the medium's loading times. I presume, because they're on standard cassette, you could you could use a high-speed dub-in tape deck to record the game, to make a copy mm. for yourself? Yeah, hmm. well, probably. That's why, perhaps, perhaps why they, they each had a dongle, so you couldn't do that, I suppose. Absolutely, yeah. Piracy yeah. would have been rife, wouldn't it? So, but the actual uh, system is just a standard 6502 CPU and a standard AY sound chip. Mm-hmm. And the, this game is running at 256 by 240 pixels. Hateful pixels. <laughs> right, type of game. Hateful. It, it's an overhead racer with a novel touch. You can bump and you can jump, no way, into the cars, ramming them into obstacles or crushing them like measly ants on a hot summer pavement in June. Did you like that? It's very good. I can tell you wrote this bit. Mm, it's good, doesn't it? You are racing along a road. Avoid the sticky outsides. Uh, and the rocks and the watery gaps. I think that's C, not watery gaps. There are quite a few vehicles. Some of them try to ram you and are fast. Some of them try to ram you and are slow. And some of them try to ram you and make holes in the road for your collision-y delight. Mm, I wouldn't say delight. Mm. But beware, fair gamer, for you can only jump once you hit 100 mile an hour, so you need to keep your speed up. Yeah, you've got a little speedometer on the side, haven't you? You press yeah. up to accelerate and down to brake. Mm. Mm-hmm. You also lose 20 to 40 miles per hour, per hour when you land after a jump, which I suppose is stops you from bunny up in all the way through the level. Yeah, that'd be easy. Because eventually slow down below 100 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. A warning sign exclamation mark thingy flashes when you're pr- approaching a stretch of water or a narrow track. 
So you, you, you know, you get ready to jump yeah. or dodge. Yeah, because you would because when you're moving quite quickly, you wouldn't know or have the reactions to jump when it comes up. So it does give you a sort of a little triangular warning sign with a question with an exclamation mark in it, doesn't it? It does. The game is split into thirty-two courses called uh-huh. pa- called patterns, with bonus points being awarded for cars crushed and finishing each course. Thirty-two. I don't think so. What did you get to? Two. <laughs> oh my lord right any secrets or play tips this section there is an obvious secret which can be found if you read the main info and look on clov mm-hmm. which is what i've been exploiting for my fantastically brilliant score uh-huh. don't crash don't crash any cars at all and you receive a fifty thousand point bonus at the end of each pattern which is like 10 times more than you would get during normal play yeah it's a very low scoring game otherwise isn't it? yeah this is easier said than done, and it's not cheating because it's hard to do. Because mm. it's very easy to bump into someone, and that's it. You, if you if you just crash one car, you yeah, don't get you your fifty thousand points. Yeah, it it goes against the game though. It's called bump and jump, so you're mm. supposed to be bumping stuff. But then yeah, if jump. you don't bump, you get a big score. That's like Pac-Man not eating dots. Yeah, if you do bump. You, I don't like that bit. I suppose that's why you don't like it, because you bounce off at strange angles, mm. crash into the side, or it's just a bit random the way you bounce off stuff. Yeah. And if you land on something, you you, you shoot off at... It's, it's, yeah, it's not good to play that way, I don't think. Mm. I enjoyed it the other way, anyway. You need to go flat out most of the time, I think. I did, because I am impatient. And going slower doesn't seem to make it much easier, because the cars just match the speed you're going most of the time and sort of homing on you. You can drive flat out, I think, until you reach level four. Then you've got to be a bit more wary to hop over the islands. There's islands of road, you know. Mm -hmm. So if you you jump too far, you just land. You completely skip the island and land in the sea. Just before you finish a course, the game takes control of your car. It speeds it up very slightly towards the end of each level. Did you oh, know? Really? Yeah, just it just sort of kind of grabs your car, and if you're not wary, you can crash into stuff. That's it's even weird. more hateful than I thought it was. Yeah. How annoying! Yeah, it just it, it it sort of pulls you forward for about a couple of seconds, and the amount of times I've crashed into the side of a road mm. when when it's done that. Well, in this game, you have lots of bridges and gaps. Surely the council needs to be informed of these badly kept roads. Yeah. It's dangerous. Yeah, if if they sort of filled them all in. Health though, and safety. Health be, and safety. It wouldn't be a game, would it? It still isn't. <laughs> right, the opinions on graphics and sound for this, I think there's, it's just basic. Some of the vehicles are weird. Can I have a go at this now? Go I've on. waited. I've bit my lip. Go it's on. awful. The game's <laughs> terrible. It looks like it's from like 1976, drawn by a, a children with no hands, with crayons. It's terrible. <laughs> I mean, the graphics are really juddery. The, the animation is really jittery as well. I suppose it's supposed to make your, your, your car look like it's, it's sort of bumping around and jumping. And, but it just looks awful. I mean, some of the, the cars don't look like cars. I know it's a top-down view, but they look nothing like cars. I know. They look very weird. Backgrounds and the sort of bits you can crash into are far too many. And whether the road is... I mean, a road wouldn't be like that. I mean, it's, I know it's only a game and everything, but I mean, a road would be a sort of bending slowly moving around thing and you wouldn't just have a, a bit that juts out all of a sudden which you can crash into and mm. if you touch any single part of the road you'll crash and you'll die and the sounds on it are really basic they're just awful and blips mm. and blops there's no real music it's just really tinny horrible game I don't <laughs> like it at all the thing that annoyed me about it more than anything is 
when you do go quickly or even slowly, the cars are going for you all the time. It's not like, you know, say Outrun where you're going past cars and they're just trying to race you and get past you. These things are going for you. Yeah. And when they touch you, you'll bounce, not just a little bit, you'll bounce at a random angle and sometimes really quickly and you've got no hope of missing what you're going to land on and you'll mm. die. And if you are trying to go for that bonus, which I tried to do to get a, a reasonable score, you find that, that cars will crash on their own and you're like, no, well, don't, oh, I've got to start again. Cause you've won that like, one crash, you're knackered, you've lost the bonus mm. and you'll get like 2000 points for the level. I mean, you know, it's just awful. What I was doing, I was doing a level and if there was one car crashed, I would restart the game. Yeah, it's one of those games, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's like Volfide, where the, you can you get in, insane scores for doing silly little things. Yeah. Silly little things, yeah. 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 One good thing is Hate Beak, the killer rock bird. He's not in this game. Yeah, but he's driving a car in it, isn't he? There's a few rocks that are dropped. They're not rocks. That's a dung lorry dropping poo in the road. It's left over making the game. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Is it now? It's bad enough, these cars from a ram you, then they're just chucking stuff in front of you to crash into. And you don't just skid off like other games, you crash and die. Mm. Yeah, thanks very much. It's, you know what it's one of those games doing? that's got too many ways of cheap deaths, and I hate cheap deaths in a game. Mm. Absolutely I absolutely despise mean. it. I would improve this game by having sections mm. where you could earn extra points by running over lots of little old late, uh, not little old ladies, um, flags, yes. by running over flags. So it'd be kind of like um, Jump Bug Vice City. Be a good game, that. Or another way of improving it is to turn it off and play Up and Down by Sega. It's a way better game. And that's got bumpy, mm. jumpy, bouncy cars in it as well. And flags. Should have chose that. Flags are great. In fact, I was actually paying this. I was going to pretend that I didn't hear you. And I was playing <laughs> up and down rather than said. Um, yeah, cabinet art. We've but discussed before we that. do cabinet art, Alex chose this game. He's now banned. Yes, Alex. If, if I hear of him listening to this podcast, I want to go and put my fingers in his ears so he can't hear us anymore. It's not that bad, the game. It's it not really is, honestly. I prefer playing the jump and dodge. It yeah, plays better. The game, oh, it's just hateful. One of those games that I just, I had about four games of it. That was it. Right. And I thought I'm going to play up and down instead. So I did. It was way better. <laughs> even that gets annoying after a while. But yeah, this one was just, harumph. I'm never going to, I might even delete it from my main setup so I can never play it even by accident again. <laughs> Horrible game. Uh, cabinet art. We talked about this last time. It was our featured art of yeah, side the art. The cabinet looks really cool. Yeah. It's really yeah. nice. But that's about yeah. it. What, oh, oh, I just thought of something that could greatly improve the game. I'm yes. not joking this time. That yeah. cabinet, right, as beautiful it is, as it is, was pin compatible with Burger Time, which is a great game. Yes. Take the PCB out carefully, throw it on the floor, jump up and down on it, put some gasoline on it, set fire to it, mm. sweep it away and put it through a shredder and then put Burger Time in. Don't Sorted. do it in your house though, kids. Absolutely. If you're going to set fire to anything, set fire to stuff outside, kids. Yeah, yeah in a bin, mm. obviously. And that's yeah. where that PCB needs to go. Thank you mm. very much. Yes. My work here is done. Right. Ports, sequels, spin-off, and legacy. Mm-hmm. Ports of the game have also been released for the Atari 2600, the Intellivision, the ColecoVision, the Commodore 64 in 1984, and the NES mm. in 1988. That version is the one I think Alex was playing, which is slightly mm. different, isn't it? 
The NES version was also released in Japan as Buggy Popper, mm. adding a level of complexity. The NES version of the game also requires that players pick up cans of gasoline that are interspersed throughout the game as the car uses up fuel steadily throughout the game if it goes too fast. Yeah, that, mm. make, that adds a little bit to it, doesn't it? Yeah. And also, the Amstrad GX4000, which was their sort of uh, console, the only console they ever did, that got a cart of burning rubber, which is the same game. Yeah. And I think that was the packing game, because I actually had that, uh, mm-hmm. but I never got the console to work, so I gave it away. Uh, but that's a reason not to buy the console, if it's got that rubbish with it. Yeah, there was Lead Storm that Mad Steve's playing, also called Mad Gear, which is a very similar game, smarted up graphics, yeah. nicer mechanics. Is it the same manufacturer? It's not, is it? It's Capcom. Oh, right, okay. Maybe it's the same yeah. programmer doing a similar type game. Could be. And Spy Hunter's quite similar, really, isn't it? Kind Do you know of. what? I've got a confession to make. Yeah. I hate Spy Hunter. I'm not so fond of it. It's, I don't like, is it an MCR hardware? I think it is. Bally MCR hardware. And I don't like that style of graphics. Because I don't like Tron either. I mean, that's sacrilege to a lot of people. I don't like Tron either. I'm not so fond. Of, I like a couple of the levels. I like the levels where you control the man. I'm not really keen on the tank one no, I or the like life it. cycles. But those those games, I don't. I think the the hardware is really quirky as well. I mean, Spy Hunter is one that lasts very long working, mm. and I, I it's a similar game to this. You can be knocked off the screen quite easily. But saying that, I had it on the Atari 8-bit, and I absolutely loved it on the 8-bit computers. I just didn't like the arcade version. It was too. You had a sort of steering with loads of buttons on it for your different weapons and stuff, and I didn't, I just yeah. didn't like it. Didn't like I it. liked, mm. yeah, I liked the Commodore sixty four version. Uh, probably the same kind of version as the yeah. Atari one, I expect. Yeah, I, I played that a lot actually. Hmm. Shall we do the scoring then? Scores, right? We've got Steve Monkey Chunk, Mister Monkey Chunk, who does those humorous videos. Yeah, he's playing Rocket League at the minute on his YouTube, which is what my son's playing. Oh, is it which is that a modern game? It's a Steam game where you're play, basically playing football mm. on a big pitch with rocket cars booting the ball around. Oh, that sounds all right. And it's just, I think it's number one on Steam, but it's a very simple idea, and, it, and my son loves it. Better than real football. Yeah, Absolutely. anything's better than real football. Mm, yeah. He scored 15,156. Yeah, that's pretty good, since he didn't use the cheaty bit. <laughs> Not cheating. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> Ian Cullen, 18,064. Mm-hmm. Mike from No Quarter, they did this last September. Yes. They reviewed this, and uh, Mike got 32,686. Mm-hmm. Carrington got 36,240, so he just got a bit less. Yeah. So we've beat them. We've uh-huh. beat No Quarter, so that's all right, isn't it? Mad Steve Mad got 52,000. But he was playing LED Storm instead. Yeah. So he didn't really bother. Just, just, had a quick go, just had a quick go, didn't he? Victor, who's that? I had about four games of this. I, I played it until I got the bonus. Then yeah. turned it off. Didn't bother. I thought I'd get right. a respectable score and that's it. But I just noticed that swine, Vip, beat me by 40 points. Yeah, you got 53,116 and he got 53,156. Why, I <laughs> And me at the top with oh, a colossal 262,604. In your faces! In your faces! Yeah. Well, how did you manage that? How did you bother to play that long to get that score? Are you crazy? Crazy. Five levels without hitting oh, anything. God, how boring. I, when I, I played I... the game right, I went really slowly at the start of this thing to avoid stuff. And then, obviously, when I thought the, the jumpy bit was coming up, I speeded up a little bit. 
But it's such a horrid game to play. I, I don't know you had the patience, mate, honestly. I didn't actually mind I didn't mind didn't actually mind the jump and dodging. Oh, the bumping no. is terrible. Yeah, because the faster you go, if you just get tapped by uh, an enemy car, it flies you off at a a crazy angle. Either you smash and die and lose a life, or they smash and die and you lose your bonus. And Mm. it's just a hateful game. I just, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, but if if you take away the 250,000 bonuses I got from completely... I would have got 12,000. I would have been last. But I was going to say Monkey Chunk and... Ian Cullen and obviously Mike and Carrington, they didn't get the score and they got really good scores without the bonuses. So yeah. they would have been the winners if they didn't know about the bonus, if we yeah. didn't know about the bonus. So yeah, well on those guys as well. Overall thoughts. Um, I think I've made myself quite clear. Yes, me too. Hate, hate, and indeed hated it. <laughs> Avoid and jump more like harumph. <laughs> harumph. Ridiculously low scoring game as well if you don't do the, uh, the not bumping rule. So yeah. Why is it called bump and jump and not avoid and jump? I know. Oh, so annoying. And there's a little link here that I've stolen from No Quarters review of the show to finish a retro gaming comparison blog, which is a comparison of all the bump and jump versions. Yeah. And it's very detailed. Did you know there were three Commodore 64 versions? Oh, right, really? One official and two sort of bootleggy ones. So, so there was enough hateful programmers in the world to do it three times. Yeah. Shame on them. Shame on them. Well done, lads. Crazy Car was one of them. Called Crazy, Crazy Car. Car. Good name. Shame yeah. on the so, on to a lighter note now. Let's do The Art of Side Art. And yes. some people are going to love this. We've chosen Tron. Yes. Not Discs of Tron, the original Tron. And just said a minute ago, don't actually like the game very much. I really don't like the, don't see what the point of Tron is. I hated the film. I know everyone's screaming at their podcast now. I say, well, it's amazing. It's iconic. It may be. Uh, never liked it, but the actual arcade cabinet looks amazing. It does. It's a really weird shape. It's got black, glowy up, purpley, glow in the dark lights. Glowy got, up. Glowy up. Yeah, that's an official name of those glowy up lights. Oh, I like it. <laughs> and it's a really odd-looking cabinet as well. It's actually the same shape as a gorf. It hasn't got a flat back, so it's got sort of um angular front and an angular back to it. It's all black, and it's got really cool side art on it from the Tron film, which is, is iconic and legendary. Everyone knows that, even though the film doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And it's got the uh, the actual Tron... Marquee and the, and the and the actual way it's written is amazing. It's really cool. The, the visuals are great on this game, yeah. and it's got a, the weirdest control panel. It's got a flight stick which glows as well and glows up blue, and it's got a spinner which is you know you can't really play it properly unless you've got those setups because it just doesn't work in main without those setups. Yeah. And it's like you've got a black light on that as well, and all the inside of the 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 bezel lights up as well with sort of like glowing and dark UVs. And there's two versions of this. There's the Bally one, uh, the Midway one, and there's also a Zachariah version as well, an official version, and it's slightly different cabinet, but it's very similar looking. Oh, I didn't know that. And I'll put the pictures we've got of the actual cabinet, the sort of front view of the cabinet, and the control panel. But it's it's really artful and lovely. And Davo's got one of these, and it's a lovely looking thing. I think he's got the Zachariah version, or Zachariah, whatever you want to call it. And it's a really nice looking machine. It's It's iconic. Yeah, but sadly the game doesn't do it for me. Is it the only cabinet not to have a flat back? No, just mention that you fool. Oh, 
Gorf's similar cabinet. Right. Yep. But it's white and blue, but same cow. So Gorf, right, so it's got a funny back as well as Gorf, has it? Yeah, it's exactly the same cabinet, as far as I know, unless someone someone wants to point out different. Yeah, I think it's the same cab. I've never noticed that. Yeah, sorry to fart on your parade there, but, you know. Never noticed Gorf. Mm -hmm. I'll have a look next time. Let's do releases from this month in history. Yes, we're going way back, 15 years to August 2000. We're now in August. Wow. Already. Capcom versus SNK Millennium Fight 2000. There's a catchy name for you. Absolutely. By Capcom on Naomi Hardware. It's sort of like, really, it's Street Fighter, Street Fighter versus King of Fighters, really. It's a bit mad, that one. I've got that on, on my net dim uh, setup of that. It's quite a fast game. Because mm. I think those, those versus ones where they did Marvel versus Capcom or, you know, this sort of crazy cross. IPs, they mm. just went like Street Fighter, but madder. You could do like crazy five thousand hit combos and mad moves in the air and stuff. And it was a really fast version of the game as well. I wasn't quite into it, but a lot of people are, and it does mm. look good as well. It's it's nice to see franchise franchises crossing over. Yeah, could you do a Hadouken on and that, and what would it sound like? Well, it would sound just like this. <laughs> but you could have a Hadouken. You could have sort of um, Ken or Ryu. Having a fight with a kitten. <laughs> Poor kitten. Poor thing. Not unless it was Ninja Kitten. Well, it could be. And another game from August 2000, Vasara, one of my... Oh, it's a shoot- shooter, isn't it? Yeah, I want to get into this. It's a Japanese, lots of Japanese talking and cutscenes, which I find interesting. Yeah, if you want to buy that on a cab, though, mate, you better start saving your pennies. Oh, is it expensive? Those, cab- those, um, those boards are quite, quite expensive, I think. August 1990, OutZone from the Mighty Tower Plan, which we have discussed. We have indeed, at length. At length in certain other podcasts. Final Lap 2 from Namco, which, if you look on MAME Info, it's listed as a pole position sequel for the Final Lap series. Was this the multi-screen game, or was that TX1? No, that's, that was TX1, wasn't it? Oh, okay. Yeah, they've, they've kind of listed it as a pole position sequel. And it's there's a few of them, aren't there? There's Final Lap 1, 2, and 3, and I think there's one called Final Lap R as okay. well. And also, Atari's Pit Fighter was Ooh. August 1990, to have the, the first game to have digitised actors. First game to have rubbish, digitised rubbishness in it. That's a terrible game. It's not, it's not good, is it, I've heard? Oh, mm. it's a dog egg, that one. I don't really get the fighters. I wouldn't know a bad one if I played it, to be honest. Oh, but, it's yeah. horrible looking, honestly. Mm. Going back into the Golden Age, August 1980, mm-hmm. Stratovox, otherwise known as Speak and Rescue by Taito, was the first game to have synthesised voices. Before Berserk, even. Yeah, just mm. before Berserk, I think. Space Encounters from Midway, which is like uh, a TIE fighter in a Death Star trench kind of thing, if you remember that. Yeah, weird one. It was the first one to try and use a bit of 3D-looking type thing. Yeah, it's not bad. Oh, okay. It's not bad. The, the, th- the trench effect is good, but the baddies are a bit two-dimensional that come towards you. Mm. And that is it. That is it. Nearly there. Let's just do the last bit of business. Next show's game and who picked it. Right, it's my pick, this one. And I've had a look back and we haven't done a vertical shooter for five podcasts. So that's ten weeks. Ooh, so we have, we have to do one. Have to. This is one that me and my brother played in the mid-late 80s, and we mm. both loved it. And it's called Halley's Comet, or Halley's Comet, by Taito. 
Yeah, I had a quick look at it. Looks alright. And it's yeah, we can talk about it next time. But you, but for the time, we had loads of bullets on this game. I think that's what impressed me so so much. And for the competition that we'll uh, no doubt be putting on Twitter, you can use auto fire on this. Oh, okay, I might need yeah. to get a version of Mame with auto fire on it then. Shmup Mame, yeah. Okay. Shmup Mame. Put in the notes here. My pick, yay! Badly need to shoot something in the face. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you do well, know you can yeah. shoot cowboys in the face on Banku Banaku. Banku Banaku. Or you can kick feminine men and children in the face in Kung Fu Master. You could have chose either of those. Feminine men and children. That's just evil. Well, they're wearing like pink and purple pyjamas, aren't they, those guys? Mm. The huggers. Well, we're, we're wearing pink Bermuda shorts on our podcast image. Well, I do that quite often. And on I that do. note, let's yes. get out of here and play some more games. We'll talk to you listeners in two weeks' time. Hope you enjoy Alice Comet by Taito. Yes, thanks for listening. And if you have any forgotten gems, let us know. Yes, please. Yes, thank you. See ya. Goodbye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. <laughs>